Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year. And we're going through the book of Isaiah right now, and we finished the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs, and now we're just trucking through the Old Testament. Fabulous, fantastic, and we are in the book of Isaiah. Now, I have to admit, when I used to read this book before, I used to think, I don't get it, let me just get through it, so that I can say I read the entire Bible. That has served me well in the past. But now, I think my spirit's a little bit more mature. Something has changed, because now I'm reading it. And I am literally getting, like I'm feeling the character of God. I'm literally hearing his voice now where I didn't before. And I'm sharing that with you because if you read it, you might go, "Mm, that was too hard. I didn't get it. And that's okay. Just do it again next year or another time. Because as you change and as you grow, it'll start to speak to you in a different way. Now, it's very hard, hard to summarize it of course. Um, I'm doing chapters 59, 60, and 61. Very hard to summarize because it's virtually God's words. You can't summarize God's profound words. So I'll read passages and pieces and um, yeah, and then hopefully you go back and read some more. And I'm reading more, I'm pulling out more of the, the things that are easy to understand, like the profound lessons. In between there, is filled with imagery and poetry and verbiage and analogies and ex- these glamorous explanations in between, okay? But that's the part I kind of skip. Okay, so here we go, chapter 59. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Is that straightforward? So clearly, God's there to save you. His arm is not too short to save you. But your iniquities, your sins, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken falsely, and your tongue mutters wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. That's powerful. I mean, I could end it right here. Again, that's just... Like, you just need to let that soak in because that's definitely not difficult to understand. It's very straightforward, very clear. And that's just God's way of constantly reminding us, I'm here, I'm here, I'm telling you, I'm telling you how to do this. I'm right here. Um, Moving down to verse 9. So justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. Okay, description, of course. Um, Verse 12. For our offenses are many in your sight, and our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities. Rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased and there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved 
salvation for him. Okay, so then it goes on and on. Let's jump down. So clearly he's talking about the sins of the world and the people who were just turning their back against God. Um, and then you might be thinking, well, how on earth do we do this? This seems too difficult. Well, don't get caught up in the difficulty of it. Instead, look for the simplicity of it. Salvation through Jesus Christ, having faith, guarding your heart, keeping your mind pure, staying away from evil, um, forgive. How many times? 70 times 70. Um, does that take practice? Yeah. Can you do that on your own? It's best to do it with people, fellowship with other believers so that you can grow with each other and lean on each other in life. Okay. So is it hard? No. I don't think so. I could be wrong. I don't want to say that. I don't want to accidentally tempt my, um, cause something. So no, but it's not hard, but when the offense comes at you, then it's hard or the challenging thing in life comes at you, then it's hard because you're in it. It's like you're in the mud. Is it hard to wash the mud off when you're in the mud pile? Well, yeah, if you're in the mud, it's hard to wash the mud off. But if you get out of the mud and hose down, then it's easy to wipe the little bit of mud that's still stuck on your face. Or better yet, if someone's there and said, hey, can you help me get out of the mud? Can you take the hose and rinse me down because I can't quite see where the mud is at? That's why we fellowship with people. Verse 21, my spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of your descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. Keeping that spirit, that's why we need to wake up our spirit. That's what we're doing here with kingdom.think. We are waking up our spirit and reading the Bible is, is food for your spirit. Um, chapter 60. Arise, shine from your light. Ha- Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises up upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and the kings of the brightness of your dawn. I love how they're just talking about the lightness. Like, no more darkness. God will bring the light. Um, Let's move to... The children of your oppressors will come bowing before you. All who despise you will bow down at your feet and will call you the city of the Lord, Zion, of the Holy One of Israel. Although you have been forsaken and hated... With no one traveling through, I will make you the everlasting pride and the joy of all generations. Are we talking about Israel? Are we talking about Jesus? Are we talking about mankind? Are we talking about you? Remember, every chapter in the book of Isaiah can be used in many, can be interpreted in many different ways and will be a message in many different ways, depending on where you're at in your life. Verse 17, at the end of verse 17, I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. So good, right? Um, This is a long chapter. 
the sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. Then all of your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. They are the, sh- the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands for, the, dis- for the-, the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In this time, I will do this swiftly. So many people can unpack that in many different ways. I'm excited to move on to um, chapter 61. So let's just jump right in. Okay. Verse one. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Who's talking here? In my opinion, it felt like, and I made a little note, sounds like Jesus is talking. Or are we talking about Jesus? Who does your spirit feel is talking? Amazing, right? Amazing how, and we don't have to know it perfectly. We don't have to dissect it perfectly because you won't be able to. Biblical scholars have dissected this and they don't all agree. Of course they don't all agree. There is no one way. It's going to speak to you differently. Where you're at in your life, how awake your spirit is. Um, so many things. It's going to speak to you differently. So there is no one way. Verse 7. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Inheritance? Remember I said, you are the sons and daughters of of a king in a kingdom you have an inheritance and so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours for i the lord love justice okay god loves justice i hate robbery and wrongdoing in my faithfulness i will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people of the Lord are blessed, has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. So you see, it's not our righteousness. It's his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. So in a way, we are preparing soil. 
so that the sprouts can come up. So when I'm saying waking up your spirit, your soil is probably dry and doesn't have a lot of minerals. We are nourishing that soil so the sprouts of your spirit can grow. Isn't that amazing? I just think that's the most just amazing. Why do we go to church? To nourish the soil. Why do we read the Bible? To nourish the soil. Why do we pray? To pour water on the seeds. Why do we fellowship with other believers? To plant lots of seeds and to nourish the soil. Why? So that the spirit, your spirit, can grow and flourish. And then you can enjoy the beauty of that in this reality. Oh my goodness. Okay, my friends, that was verse, I mean, chapter 59, 60, and 61. I hope you enjoyed that. Go back and read. Let it soak in your soul. Um, Make it a great day, and I shall see you very, very soon.